Welcome to the new automation mindset where AI automation and integration come together. Successful automation is so much more than technology, it's a mindset. On this podcast, we're here to learn about this mindset from innovative leaders who actually practice it every single day. From Fortune 500 companies to the boldest startups, these leaders have reduced cost, crafted experience, and fueled growth with automation. They have transformed their companies and their careers. I'm your host, Marcus Zern, and as Chief Strategy Officer and part of the founding executive team at Workado, it is my mission to find these top innovators in AI, automation, and integration and share their journeys with all of you. You may notice that this show matches the title of the Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling book, The New Automation Mindset by Ao Workado CEO, Vijay Tella. You'll hear references to the key ideas of this book, the growth, process, and scale mindsets throughout the show. If you'd like to explore them further, be sure to check out the book in hard copy or on Kindle. Daryl, welcome, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marcus. I'm actually super excited about this one. Uh, you know, we we talked a little bit about it. The more I learn about you, uh, the more in awe I am, to be honest. And maybe for the for the audience here a little bit. So I would I would characterize Daryl uh, Daryl Mirage now uh, a CIO of GA Telesis, but he's a he's a lot more. He's also the founder of the South Florida CIO community, which started after he himself was named the uh, CIO of the year of Miami, uh, won the Orbi Award. Uh, and, and the reason this all happened is that I, I, you know, I'd say like he's the most complete package of a CIO I have seen uh, uh, working with, with, with lots of uh, customers here at Workado. Um, I mean, you had a finance ERP project at uh, Florida Atlantic University many years, right? You uh, brought CRM uh, to them. Uh, so in terms of apps, you, you covered. And then at Geotelesis, not only did you build your own apps, but you even like uh, sold them to, to other companies. So you became a software company from within IT. That, that's a cool one. I, I'm not sure how many CIOs can, uh, can say that. So you got a, a CTO angle to that, uh, brought agile and DevOps to, to GA Telesis. And then, uh, maybe last but not least, GA Telesis, and, and you can tell us more about this, but it's in the aviation industry. And you guided from a technology perspective, GA Telesis through the pandemic. And so that, you know, that that's, I'm, I'm sure that was not a, a simple feast because I can imagine, you know, when everything stopped and no more passenger flights were in the air, there must have been quite some dark days for, for, for you guys. So. There's lots and lots, and this is actually a lot that I didn't know before, okay? So the reason and how we're going to start off is uh, with how I got to know Daryl. And this is really because Daryl did something with Workado uh, that is um, where he, I would say, he's a pioneering customer. All of us are trying to figure out AI uh, right now. I mean, we're all going through the motions and every week we learn something new, but but Daryl actually put something in production at GA Telesis that combines AI 
and an automation platform with Workado together with his business uh, systems to really uh, solve a business need that was out there. So, so maybe to start off, Daryl, do you want to, do you want to tell us a little bit like that, uh, that AI use case that you did with Workado? Like how did that come about and what, what did you do? I'm sure I would love to, Marcus. And first, thank you for that flattering introduction. I don't think I could have done that any better myself. Um, so in particular, regarding this AI workflow, right, we have people that talk about AI and more so gen AI, and we talk about what it can generate for us. When we think about tools like automation, and we think of tools like AI here at GA Telesis, we think of it more as an augmentation tool versus something that solves every single thing and replaces humans, right? And I think that's that's the key factor in what makes us different in the way we approach technology and technology solutions, because we, we somehow take it back a notch, right? And we look at business value. So I'll give you a quick and dirty example that you, you've already alluded to. So a couple months ago, we signed this exclusive deal with an OEM partner and we, we announced it to the world, right? Great problem to have. We announced it to the world and we had this influx of email come into our sales mailbox. Now, inside of aviation, you can't usually tell big aviation um, customers, right? Operators, how to order from you. They do it how they want to do it. So in this case, it's coming in as emails and it's coming in as unstructured data. And traditionally, you could have gone and trained a model to try and figure out what's in that email. But of course, there's no structured format, so it, it takes time. And with the advent of all of these gen AI tools that are out there, we thought, hey, why not feed some of these into a gen AI tool and see if it can understand, right? Use it as an interpreter. See if it could understand what the customer is asking for. So in the first prompt, we fed the email in and it actually understood exactly what the customer is coming in for. And it got us to thinking, okay, cool. Is this repeatable, right? So that's the that's experimentation part. Is this repeatable? So in the second prompt, we made it a lot harder and, you know, put in a lot of different things that would come in in an email that are, you know, somewhat useless to the request that the customer is asking. And it was still able to pull it out. We got really excited. And of course, you have to imagine that no IT problem happens, but on a, you know, 10 o'clock on a Friday night, right? So this is when all the excitement is happening. And we said, I wonder if I can get a JSON output out of this thing. If I can get a JSON output, I would then have to figure out what I can use to automate it, right? So I asked the prompt, right? I created a prompt around it and I said, okay, great. You have this. I need a JSON output. And we got a JSON output, right? And this was mind blowing that in three prompts and about 10 minutes worth of just thinking through the problem, we took something that would really take months to develop inside of IT. And we were able to get an actual output so much so that we didn't really know what to do with the output at the time, right? So it, it sparked this journey. We went out and we said, okay, cool. Now we have we have a payload, right? We use this tool, this Gen AI tool to augment the task of someone reading the email and figuring out what they wanted, a mundane task to go across, in this case, 36,000 emails. Okay, now we have a we have a payload. What do I do with it? How do I automate this? Now we can go through and write a bunch of different processes, but part of 
what we try to do as technology leaders or people in the technology space is also not create busy work for the people that work internally in IT, right? We try to also augment their experience and the way they show up to the tasks that they're given. And this just led us down the path to looking at different iPaaS tools, right? That's where we ended up in the journey finding Workado. And I have to tell you, like in about eight hours worth of actual work, we had all the pieces in place to create a working prototype that we could then show to our sales leader and our sales team to say, hey, these 36,000 emails, here's how we can pass them through the system. We use Gen AI to actually um, formulate it. We've mapped out the entire process really in that eight hours of work to say, okay, when there is an error and something doesn't happen, here's how we're going to deal with it. We're going to use Salesforce, which is already in place, our CRM tool to manage through the opportunity. So it's going to come in as a new opportunity. If there's an error, we're going to go to a manual step, alert the assigned salesperson. If not, and we quote it, we're going to go through the quoting step. Then from there, negotiation step, if necessary, or close one, we just completed the entire life cycle. And by the way, we've alerted the customer via email, right? We've responded to them uh, and we've alerted the internal salesperson. And what it really, at the end of the day, truly allowed the company to do was keep up with our service level agreement with our customers. So if we lost track of that at any point in time, we had to roll it back in and just understand the problem we were trying to solve. The problem is, is with 36,000 emails and the staff that was given at the time to respond to those number of requests coming in, we just couldn't keep up. And to, to maintain a four-hour SLA, we had to react and react really quickly. So these two tools just completely augmented the way in which we reacted, first of all, and it also forever, I would say, augmented the way we look at some of the other tasks that are on our list and how we develop um, custom solutions around business processes with the business so that we can augment some of the mundane tasks, right, and just create things that have massive value to the business. Such a great story. And I think we're going to get to, I'd be really curious actually later, um, where you see maybe additional uh, uh, use cases where, where something like this can be useful. But I, I, I'll, I'll make a bold statement here right now. Um, you know, and you've been part of some digital transformations in the past. I, I would say that during the pandemic, we have seen how companies that were open uh, to digital transformation were actually you know, ending up as winners. Other ones may not have, right? So my bold statement is, I think we're in a new era of transformation where the new game is going to be AI transformation. And so, you know, you can say like, maybe it's new or maybe it's just another variant of digital transformation. But, but I think we all need to think about two things. Think about, okay, what can this AI stuff do for us from a business perspective? And then also, how do we get that into our business processes quickly? I think both, both is important. Um, at Workado, you know, it might be a little nerdy, but we actually talk about this AI squared uh, transformation. And really what it is, so you got AI, right? And then you get another letter A and then another, another letter I, and that's automation and integration. That's kind of what Workado does. So we believe that that combination of AI and an automation integration platform, getting it into the business processes is, is, is magic. 
is really something and 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 i i personally strongly believe that companies who will work with that and think about this will end up as winners and some that say like yeah i don't care i don't know uh i'll, I'll just keep maybe putting in new SaaS applications or something, they, they will end up as losers because they're not going to get the same business value. So that's my take. I, I don't know what you uh, make out of this. I'm just uh, just curious. Uh, would you agree? Maybe you have some facets on that? Yeah, so I wholeheartedly agree, right? The only way you create business value around any of these things is when you really introduce human intelligence to some of these technical advances, right? When we step back and it's really all about, you, you know, everybody talks about people process technology, right? It's really all about people and how we are bringing this technology internally to people, the people that have the core mindset of the problems that they're trying to solve. Where I see a lot of pe people take a stand back recently and they start looking at is, Traditionally, technology has been delivered to the end user, right? Oh, we did this, take a look at this cool thing that we did. And it's never been created together with the end user or the business process. Mm -hmm. And I, I see that that shift has been happening in the, in the past couple of years. But more so now, I see that there is there can be, I should say, a quick acceleration to that. Because now you have the democratization of tools like Gen AI that everybody my 13 year old has access to right and it is so intriguing to see how different people are using the exact same piece of technology for different things and the problems that they're trying to solve for it now it can be as simple as content generation which we've seen a lot of examples around that and there is a certain amount of hype there that i think you know goes away over time but then if you think of these tools as an interpreter and, and the, again, the democratization of that and who has access to it, you're now, it's the first time in human history that humans have an API, a direct API to chat with an AI and it understand to some degree, what is it that you're asking? Of course, you have to put guardrails in place for, for things like this, right? But it is actually able to interpret and understand what you're asking. So now, Think of the level of acceleration. You have now democratized this technology is no longer in the hands of a few key gatekeepers, right? You don't have to go to your technology team to do X, Y, and Z. And I know a lot of people who may not like that statement, but this is business-led technology happening outside of the technology area. So how do you then take it and you combine, and, and I love the AI squared example, right? Because how do you then take that and you operationalize it, right? And you create the, you follow that value chain inside of your company or your workflow. And you say, how do I operationalize this to that? And how do I create that value? And, and how do I accelerate at a pace that I need to rather than weeks, months, right? And in my example, and the two tools that we mentioned, Gen AI being the first part of that experiment, and then Workado being the second part of that experiment, introduce a different level of mindset into our organization of, A, this doesn't have to be a task that requires all of this brain and processing power and specialized skill set. It is something that if you are process-minded, right, and for many years, 
the only thing that I could think about for myself was business process reengineering. The concept is the same. And I think if people continue to think along those lines and use these tools for augmenting their tasks, it will continue to drive value around it, right? So that AI squared, it is well thought out. <laughs> yeah, no, Don, thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's it kind of makes me think, so the look, I, I think AI and then what Workado does, the automation aspect, I think we're after the same thing. You know, mm -hmm. we're trying to make companies more efficient, right? And we're gonna wanna create better experiences also in, in for customers or employees or for, for, for everyone. So we're we're in the same boat. I, I do think you know and you made this comment about democratization, right? Uh because it's not like AI didn't exist before. There was AI and there were data science teams and so on, but they were kind of in their ivory tower. I mean, it was complicated. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the ML from like five years ago, you had to be a data scientist. Honestly, the automation from before Workado, you had to be like a Java developer. Yep. And it's kind of like, I think we're also not only are we serving the same domain or same goals, if you want, but I think we're also helping democratize in a similar way. Because, you know, you saw how in a couple hours you can connect to your CRM system, Salesforce, to your finance system, NetSuite, and, and bring this all together. I think five years back, imagine, imagine you had to do train this ML model yourself five years ago. Okay, well, weeks later, and maybe you would have had to first hire a data scientist or whatever, right? So that would have delayed everything. And then you might have had to hard code these connections with APIs, or maybe even like 10 years ago, that maybe there weren't any APIs. And then it was like really, really complicated. I think there's a similar democratization uh, uh, angle that's happening. And then you know, I do think you, you talk about augmentation, right? I, I, I think this is actually what's needed right now. It's like, I don't think anyone wants to replace the CRM system or the ERP system or all these other things in place. I think what we have to do is like, how can we connect the dots together in a really smart way with almost like minimal effort to get the most out of everything we've invested in? like the end-to-end -end processes across the, uh, the systems and, and so on. And then I think that we got this new nugget, this new, if you think about connecting the dots, now you got, we got these special like golden dots. I think that's the AI services. And now how do we weave them in all the IT assets that we have that we actually really deliver value to the business? That seems to me like what, uh, what we have to do. What use cases do you see? Do you see any other things beyond the, you know, where you're triaging these lots and lots and lots of emails and coming in from customers? Do you see any other use cases? Do, do any other things go through your mind where you can also add uh, value to GA yeah, Talysis in the same how way? About, how about this, Marcus? How about I give you my framework for how I think through mm -hmm. these? And mm -hmm. then from there, we can go into specific use cases, right? There's four categories, and, and one of them being security, and I'm not going to touch on that too much, but security is definitely something that everyone is interested in, and it can fit in this arena very easily, right? So I'm going to leave that one alone because everybody's aware of it. But the other three categories go around operational excellence in any business, right? As you're trying to get better and really hone in on, on what your company does and what it does best, right? And you're getting to that state of operational excellence, right? So when I talk about automate, 
um, and augment. I'm, I'm referring to not replacing people, but really creating structure and repeatability about what we're doing right in that process right I, and i believe in the book it's called a process mindset and then we go into the next phase of that which is customer intimacy how well do you know your customers and how well can you predict their needs right and then all of the customer facing things that a company must do in order to keep abreast of their customer needs in order to service their customers and create that massive value that becomes your differentiator to some degree, right? Mm -hmm. So you can do what you do really well, but if you can't communicate it to your customer, you can't serve your customer in a way that really resonates with them, then you're you're not really serving your end customer and you're going to pay for it in the long run, right? So the first phase, operational excellence. The second phase is that customer intimacy phase, right? Really understanding your customer at a much deeper level and, and trying to kind of, to some degree, predict where they're going next so that you can be ahead of the curve line. And if you think about that and predicting and being ahead of the curve line, here is where lies the golden nugget, right? And that's that product leadership phase. So as you get into the product leadership phase, you've now done all of your operational excellence. You've, you've completed your customer intimacy exercises and stuff like that. And you know exactly what you do really well. You know how you're delivering it and you're predicting your customers' next needs and how you can serve them better. And you're following the trend line. Well, now you're doing it through product leadership and you're developing it and you're, you're actually publishing it out there for uses, whether it's uses inside of your same industry, right? For others to, to have the same success that you're doing. And that's some of the examples that we've used or whether it is some things that you're publishing to your end customer for usage in their own business, right? Which ultimately helps them to have a better level of success. So those are the three phases. And again, the fourth one being security as well, which is a staple um, that surrounds the entire thing. So when we talk about different use cases, I like to put them in each one of those buckets. So the one that, you know, we did, I, I think goes along two lines, right? It's basically operational excellence and, and, and it really slightly touches customer intimacy. It's just mm -hmm. basically operational mm -hmm. excellence because we wanted to keep mm -hmm. up with our SLAs and, and not fall behind the customer needs. But there's so many other use cases in terms of like some of the information that we're able to easily digest, right? I had this question, I spoke um, this week earlier with a bunch of folks at the Synapse conference and, and someone asked me uh, this question about, you know, how do you, with all of these tools, it's scary, it's things that are coming up with um, hallucinations and what have mm -hmm. you. And people are focusing on that side of the technology wheelhouse and, and while that is a very much so a concern, when we're looking at these tools, we're looking at very specific tasks, right? So you were, we're not looking for something as a one solution fits all. So if we're in aviation, for example, if we're looking at documentation and paperwork, well, when you purchase an engine, you also get mm -hmm. one crate with the engine and you get one crate with all the documentation that goes back mm -hmm to the life of that mm -hmm. aircraft from mm -hmm. the, the day it was born to the day it shows up in the warehouse. And that is tens of thousands of pieces of paper that a human has to go through. And even if you mm -hmm. quote unquote digitize it, right, that isn't real digital transformation. You're basically making a digital copy of the exact same mm -hmm. document that somebody still has to go through. Feeding mm -hmm. things like that inside of an LLM 
for example, right? A large language model, right? Similar to Gen AI and understanding what's in it, looking for um, patterns going across data and doing it in a chronological order to identify missing documentation really comes down to solving the the problem of safety, first of all, Mm -hmm. um, and then expediting the process. What it does is it augments the technical records workflow in terms of surfacing things that are missing inside of that documentation that they can then go and spend a higher value, work on a higher value task rather than just combing through documents. So if we do things Mm -hmm. like that, we increase the speed and velocity and at the same time, increase the level of safety and compliance inside of our industry, it becomes a standard almost, right? So now we, we skip this whole phase of customer intimacy and we go into product leadership. Now this becomes a standard to something that we can deliver inside of the industry to help solve a very specific problem that le- leads our industry in a whole different direction, right? So it's not a progression. You don't have to go through each one of those phases, but it is something that you know you can skip through different parts and you can bring massive value into your industry using some of these tools that are out there. And guess what? You need an orchestration tool for all of the systems that this has to talk to. Um, you need APIs so that you can tie it back into your your functional systems, whether it's your technical records management system, whether it is your ERP system. That's why I love the phrase, you know, AI squared. That's where the uh, that's where the automation and integration part comes in, right? Because you can have all of this information, but you need to you need to operationalize it um, to have some kind of business outcome from it and and be able to take an action against it. I like it a lot. I mean, I actually think that I actually went on 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 the on Google and I googled uh, AI transformation. And it's kind of funny. A lot of the conversations is all about technology. It's like AI experts talking to AI experts about, as you said, like hallucinations or maybe uh, certain features and functions. But there's still very little about the business impact and connecting it to the types of processes where this is valuable and kind of like your the business mindset. I think we're. I think it's still it's still an open field. To be very honest, uh, one other thing that uh, that I think you said on a on a previous podcast that you were on, you said that technology is business strategy. It's actually something that really resonates with uh, with us. Um, you know, we started as Workado. Uh, many of our early customers were here from Silicon Valley. Uh, started like 2014, 2015, and so on. And then what we noticed was that there are a number of CIOs who changed their title to head of business technology, and it kind of just caught our eye. And we went and we talked to them, and they said, like, yeah, I think it's it's because the role of the CIO just in their mind had completely changed uh, from what they knew like 15, 20 years uh, back. And obviously some of this probably happens quicker in Silicon Valley because there, I mean, a tech company in Silicon Valley, it only has SaaS applications. So there is no infrastructure. There's very little internal network, no servers, everything's in the cloud. And so at some point you go like, okay, well, that definition of the CIO from before of like the the guardian of the infrastructure, that's that's not relevant anymore. And so so our I, I was at Splunk before Workado and our CIO, Doc Hart, back then he told me, he says, like, look, I Marcus, I think it's it's now down to security. 
because I think someone still needs to worry about the security of everything. So that is still a CIO job, like more than ever before. And the other thing is he said, like business processes, really, he's got to be, I've got to be, I, I got to know what the business does. So just, it, it's, it's very different uh, than back then where it's just like, you know, you can stay business is business it is it i just care about the infrastructure and make sure that's always up and running that's not that's not good enough anymore it's uh uh so i, I i'm just curious your journey on uh getting comfortable with the business and working with the business and also i think in the ai world it, probably the the role of someone connecting the technology to the business is more challenging than ever before i think uh but but how was your journey and and maybe maybe you have some advice for people on the on the for some CIO colleagues uh, on this podcast like what to do uh, maybe how to get into this uh, maybe what not to do I'm just curious yeah so it all comes down to to business alignment value creation mm -hmm. right all of the buzzwords that we've all hear, heard before right. One thing that, you know, really, I, I read this a couple of months ago, and it, it put the thought back into my head in terms of how I think about uh, technology around business, right? And, you know, when, when we talk about technology, a lot of times in the past, we would have talked about aligning IT to the business, right? And I mm -hmm. think that has become very dated, to some mm -hmm. degree, when you say mm -hmm. aligning IT to the business, it means that IT is an afterthought to some mm -hmm. degree. The business is happening and IT needs to catch up to the business. And I think what mm -hmm. the pandemic and other events like that in the last couple of years has proved is really if you're thinking of IT as an afterthought or you're thinking of technology, I should say, as an afterthought, then your company is going to be behind, right? And, and it is your job, like my fellow CIOs, it is your job to basically change that mindset internally from alignment to partnership. IT is a mm -hmm. partnership with the business, right? And if you're not involved in the day-to-day, -day, you're not involved in the strategic conversations of a company, then you can't be of value to that company, the value that you need to be as a as a change in CIO, and I love the term head of business technology, right? I'm going to proposition for that internally. I love that because it really does create that partnership with the business and you're creating technology to support a business outcome. And you're not just creating technology and throwing it over the fence and saying, hey, this is cool. You should check this out. Hey, this is cool. This is, you should check this out. You're actually delivering a business outcome using technology as an enablement factor, right? Using AI as an enablement factor. And one thing that I really like about the way Workato brings things to life is in a recipe. And if you, if you decouple what's inside of a recipe, it's all of these little pieces that make up the overall recipe. So in the example I first gave at the start of this podcast, Gen AI is one little piece of this recipe that mm -hmm. goes through, right? My connection to my CRM, my connection to Microsoft Teams, my connection to whatever processes in there is a little piece of an overall recipe. So I think just that mindset of thinking of something as a recipe, that recipe is delivering a business outcome, right? So you take the business outcome, you work your way backwards, you see what ingredients you need inside of that recipe. 
And then you create that recipe, which is all of the different pieces of technology that you have invested in over the years or need to invest, right? Depending on where your journey is, that basically helps that mindset, right? And then you're creating technology solutions with the business rather than for the business or after the, there is an actual problem in the business. So it, it happens simultaneously. And that synergy, I think, can be really powerful moving forward as long as people change the mindset of alignment to partnership. I couldn't agree more. I, I think you also made that point that, you know, I think we have a good, there's a good chance this is actually really going to happen because I think we got a double whammy here. We got uh, the pandemic first, and the business realizing, oh, whoa, uh, IT actually, the, the digital stuff that actually is maybe more important than I thought it would be, right? Uh, you know, your uh, typical department store brick and mortar was in awful trouble uh, while Amazon was going through the roof. I mean, I think it kind of tells you something, right? Now AI comes across, right? And I think we have another moment like that, uh, different, uh, different, uh, but... There is something there now that probably most business people don't really fully understand what it does. And I think IT understands it better. And so that partnership is, is crucial. You know, Gartner has this term called a fusion team that I love, which is basically like IT and business people working together on a project. When we built Workado, one of the design ideas was really to have this recipe that both an IT person could build easily. So the speed and, 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 and immediacy, but then also that a business person who's not IT savvy could actually at a minimum read and follow and say like, oh, hey, here in line 13, I think we missed something. You know, the, the idea wasn't that the business person should just build a recipe all themselves. You know, maybe sometimes that happens that, and that's cool, but that's not going to happen all the time. But if they can be part of the design process, that alone, I think, is a huge step forward. Absolutely. I was on a digital transformation call this morning with a couple of colleagues and, and what that means to them and what that means for their industry, right? Um, and of course, the term is just like AI overused, <laughs> first of all. And mm -hmm. we're trying to figure out what exactly are, are people getting from these things and how to introduce technology. Technology is changing at a pace that most can't even phantom, much less keep abreast mm -hmm. of, right? And one of the core concepts that we use internally is called the Maya principle. So the Maya principle says, develop the most advanced yet acceptable solution, meaning that you're, you're taking technology, you're advancing it as much as the human can consume it internally, right? As much as the, the employee, the internal customer, or even external customer can actually accept the pace at which this technology is moving. So when we Think about the Meyer principle, it falls right into the agile mindset, right? Deliver and keep delivering over time, right? Because you're delivering the most advanced tool that that user is ready to accept at this point in time. You don't have to solve all the problems on the first phase of that go around. You basically deliver and you continue to deliver over time. And instead of treating everything as a project, treat it as a product. So changing into that product mm -hmm. mindset. 
one of the examples, and I believe it's also referenced um, by one of these big companies as well, too, and in, into their business composability strategy. So another core concept I read in the book, uh, the new automation mindset was around scale, right? And I think business composability adds to that whole value of scale, because when you create composable pieces and what that simply means is reusable pieces of technology, then it allows your organization to use those little pieces as building blocks to create something not new, right? So if you're a developer listening to this podcast, you know, you talk about microservice architecture, right? You build all these small pieces, Netflix being your example, right? This is how Netflix built out their entire infrastructure um, over the years. And it was no longer a monolith, right? So mm -hmm. that's the same concept, a monolith being one whole delivered solution, right? Just for the listeners listening in. So that's the whole solution is creating composable little business assets, right? And if you're breaking it down into a um, into a store type of concept, right? One asset to take the order, one asset to ship the order, one asset to process invoices, one asset to reorder, something like that, right? Those are composable assets. And then you take that and you tie it back into the things that you're trying to deliver and the pace at which you're trying to deliver it at. And you take exactly what you're talking about, these fusion teams, and you take the business side and you take the technology side. Now you have these working teams that are iterating over and over again and delivering things that are actually acceptable to the end user or the consumer of this product, right? It's an advanced solution. It augments the way that they work today. But we're delivering it at a pace that they can consume. And I think adoption, as we've all learned, is, is one of the biggest problems we face because sometimes we're delivering more than someone can consume, which creates a bigger issue, right? And, and if you want a perfect example of that, look at Google. Google is still one search bar inside of a blank page where you go in and you type it in, right? They've never evolved that, but that's all we actually needed into a world of search to get exactly what we're looking for. Now, I think the term is almost synonymous when you search right, wrong, or indifferent, you say, I Googled that. But they're delivering the most advanced tool at the acceptance level of me, the end user, in terms of how I use it. There's zero that I need to be explained on in terms of how I use that tool. So I think all of what you said around those, just summing that up, all of what you said around those fusion teams, um, I think, you know, using principles like the Maya principle to del to continuously deliver assets to your end users, doing it in a fusion team where bu the business and the technology team is building together rather than coming um, separately and, and trying to fuse uh, two different things, technology and a business process together. You're building the business process and the technology together. Um, and then creating it for scale, right? Creating it as composable assets so that it can be reused over time. And in that reuse, you can create net new products that probably didn't even exist today. I think you articulated that uh, extremely well. I, I just want to talk to the audience and just have us all imagine what that means. If we adopt that kind of a mindset and and we're kind of playing Lego almost with the IT assets we have, maybe we put in a, a new little golden 
Lego block that's an AI service somewhere. And we can actually create amazing things in terms of business value with actually fairly minimal IT work, I think. I mean, with the speed, like, you, I mean, compared to like doing a lift and shift ERP project, right. that's like really big and scary in a way, right? I mean, it's kind of like, whoa, I have to like shift everything over and so on. Here you can, as you said, compose. You just take what you have and you have to, I think what you do need to do is you need to understand the business really well and and the, what the user needs and so on. But then you just put the pieces together so that it works for maximum business value. Yeah, Marcus, I have this trick that I use with my team. Um, we take stickies all different sizes <laughs> and we go to a board or a wall, wherever they will stick and we create and we map out those processes. And the reason for a sticky note rather than some form of technology product is A, it creates immediate collaboration. B, it doesn't have a technological barrier for people learning the software. Um, and you really just need sticky notes and a marker. And we would create these processes and stick them on the wall, right? And we would go through and, and really have taught this to the business as well, not just technology folks. Take that sticky note and go through and map out your different processes because that's what it comes down to, right? That's where you find all of these little pieces and these nuggets that you need, the Lego building blocks as you so very well articulated, right? And the beautiful thing is as you iterate through that process, you can move those sticky notes and move them around, right? Until that process makes sense and it seems efficient to you. And then in the back of those sticky notes, you have your story. You write down exactly how you think you're going to get this done, blah, blah. And then those become all of the tasks that move into your agile workflow, right? As you start to iterate and go through that. That has worked tremendously well inside of our organization because it does not require technology to do so, right? It requires a sticky note, a wall or a whiteboard and a marker. And people from both sides, technology side and business side to fuse together in what you refer to as a fusion team to actually build the business process and the technology to support it in the same room at the same time and iterate through that process. So that that's my one last little nugget I thought I'd mention just because you mentioned the building blocks there. The one thing I would pick here today, I think, is what you said about the change from business and then IT being almost like subordinate, which it used to be uh, it, like, you know, business uh, IT had to be aligned to the business or, you know, IT worked for the CFO and, you know, it was just about saving cost and, 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 and whatever that shift to a partnership between IT and the business. I think that is critical. And I think it's almost, I would say it's, um, it's on to CIOs or heads of business technology, whatever you oh, want to call them, uh, <laughs> to make that happen, to actually convince and maybe also show and demonstrate like why it requires this partnership. I do think that the opportunities there with the pandemic, with the new AI squared uh, transformation or what AI means to, to, to the business and so on, it's there, but we need to... Um, seize that opportunity, I believe. Uh, I do think that uh, people where that resonates here in the audience, uh, 
take a look at that, uh, uh, the new uh, Automation Mindset book. I think there is a lot of that stuff actually in there. But uh, other than that, I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, reach out to Daryl. I'm sure he has uh, stuff to take. I'm actually really looking forward. You know, you have this South Florida CIO community. We actually, believe it or not, uh, Workado uh, founded uh, Systematic, which is the community of business technology leaders here in yes. Silicon Valley. Maybe there's some uh, room for some collaboration to exchange some uh, some ideas uh, between the love, two. I th- we would absolutely I think that would be cool. love and encourage that, right? Anytime we mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. Um, break those barriers. And you know mm-hmm. what? You know, East Coast versus West Coast, um, the differences and the mindset as well, too. It just adds value no matter where we, no matter how we slice and dice it, it adds value to us all. So we'd be happy to transition to a model like that where we can get some of those, you know, fresh thoughts on both sides, right, um, to come in. Yeah, yeah. No, that would be, be really, really, really cool. So, hey, Daryl, uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time. We're, we're out of time. I guess I'm, I'm sure we're going to uh, talk more. Uh, I'm really looking forward to also hear feedback from the audience of what you guys heard today and if that was useful and is guiding you uh, on your journeys. But, uh, yeah, th- thank you, Daryl. And uh, until the next time. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all so much for tuning into today's The New Automation Mindset, where AI automation and integration come together. If you want to learn more about the key topics we've covered in the show, you can find them in the book, The New Automation Mindset by our Workado CEO, Vijay Tella. Also, leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of today's conversations. And don't forget to subscribe so you will never miss an episode. I'll see you next time. Thank you.